What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, you don't know it yet, but you are listening to History in the Making while you are listening to this show. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man, yet as mortal as his own. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Censored by the mainstream media, the destroyer of fake news, and your host of The Rundown Live, Kristan T. Harris. Welcome to another edition of the Rundown Live, rundownlive.com on KGRADB.com, Aftermath.fm, Hudson Valley, New York, Salt Lake City, Utah, broadcasting live out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where beer runs in the water and in the rivers and in the lakes. And no one ever has a sober moment, but we're here to bring you data for your brain download Another whole set of data so that you can root out your cognitive dissonance, your logical fallacies, and feed your brain. By the way, if you want to catch this face for radio live, the best ways in the KGRA.DB members area, there's a three-day free trial. Check that out. Aftermath.fm has a one-day free trial. Go out there and check and support. Support the people that make independent news free and available to you. You know, not everyone out there, not everyone can get out there and do what we do on a daily basis. And it's not free. I can tell you that. But it's because I love you. I love you as a listeners. You guys are awesome. I mean, we have the best listeners over here at KGRA and Aftermath.fm. And I got to say, I got to spread the love. So make sure you guys check that out. Another place you can find us is the rundownlive.com. When in doubt, if you want to subscribe to any of these services, check them out. Uh, check out the, our website, therundownlive.com, which, by the way, is going to get a huge transformation. I just spoke with Mike Pachesny, the big Pizone, the, uh, the, you know, and we're going to just do uh, a revamp and we're going to get writers and we're going to reboot therundownlive.com. We thought about throwing around, you know, starting out our own new radio agency or not radio agency, news agency. The Rundown Live has been around for 10 years. It's received millions upon millions of views before the algorithms hit and the censorship by Google. And censorship is in the news. We'll get into that. We have a guest today, a very interesting guest, uh, a computer wizard. We'll call him the wizard of computers. Uh, Defango will be joining us to talk about cryptocurrency headlines and a whole lot more. And maybe we can get into some of the things that he was in the news for if he's up to it. But uh, I'm just glad to have him. Uh, Manny Chavez is going to be joining us. Should be a good show today. If you're a computer geek and nerd like me and so many other people out there, you'll appreciate this guy and his points of view because there's this whole information and data war going out there. There's a war for your meta data. Meta data is the new 
gold. Just think about the terms, metadata. Where do they come from? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's the scribe of God whose name is Metatron. So meta as in metadata and Tron as in beaming you into a computer. Because essentially that's what we're doing here uh, when we talk about your metadata. And so we're going to get into what cryptocurrency is for a lot of the people out there that are green because you've been seeing a lot of people excited about it. I remember people used to bat their eyes and they'd be like, crypto, what the hell? Crypto, is that a cryptozoology? Is that like a Bigfoot coin or uh, what is that? You know, and no, a cryptozoology, I mean, cryptozoology, here I go. Cryptocurrency uh, is very interesting. And since it's an opportunity for you to stabilize your wealth in a futuristic manner and take advantage of this boom because the cryptocurrency market is still incredibly young. It's like getting in at Amazon 20 years ago or 22 years ago when they first started. It's not too late to get in. And people are like, well, Bitcoin's at $34,000, $38,000. Should I get in? Well, hell yeah. Hell yeah, the, the, like, the sky is the limit unless they, like, hit that kill switch. And, you know, it's funny, even the central banking, uh, Federal Reserve, who we've been talking about in our secret society segments the last few days, wants in. Uh, they said that they could issue a central banking digital currency. Well, what the hell is a central banking digital currency? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit here. But uh, before we do that, I want to say don't forget to get into all our live streams. We're currently live on YouTube, forward slash Rundown Live, if you want to see us. Also, uh, you, uh, Facebook, we are live under The Rundown Live. And share it. It's the most basic forum of activism. Send a thumbs up. And if you guys have any messages, I will be looking at the chat. If you have any questions for our guest today, Defango, maybe we can open up the phone line. Um, there's just so much going on out there, and uh, I want you guys to be participating. Maybe you just hate radio, and you're scared of hearing your voice on the radio. Leave a message. I'm just kidding. Well, maybe you can call and talk to our producer, Bill, and be like, I got a message for Kristan T. Harris, which, by the way, if you want to send me an email, and people have been by visiting therundownlive.com, you can just send an email to showtips. At rundown, the rundownlive.com. Show tips at the rundownlive.com. That being said, I have to mention there's something in the news that we predicted about a year ago. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when we first started seeing all these people dying in China and some dudes in like spacesuits coming out with like submachine guns, you know, because if they're going to drag out the coronavirus dead body of the car, they're going to just make sure it's dead. I don't know what the need for doctors with submachine guns and what was really going on in China. And well, nowadays we know that's not how you die from the good old, you know, crown virus. You, you don't just keel over in the middle of the mall or fall out of a second story building. So what was really happening there? Uh, so that was the first thing that made me go, hmm, maybe something isn't quite right here. Because when it came over to America, we know now that you just don't, you're not just walking, enjoying your day and all of a sudden, and then you hit the floor. We would know that's how you die. So what was really happening in China, number one? Number two, when the first independent studies came out on what it was, they said, well, this was bioengineered, right? It wasn't, and then, you know, they were trying to pass it off. It was a bat, and somebody was eating bat soup, or, uh, you know, penguins mated with, uh, you know, Bigfoot, and then they had a bat with the threesome, and then we, all of a sudden we got the coronavirus, and it was cleverly labeled considering corona means crown. 
Why is that important? Well, the first elitist to wear a crown was a guy named Nimrod, which we've been talking about the last few days. And a crown, a king wears a crown because he illuminates those around him with his intelligence. That's why he wears the, the crown. It represents the sun, the sun deity. It's Luciferianism. So it's, I mean, I'm just tying things together for you guys to understand what we're getting into. And so whenever I see a scientific consensus, which by the way really isn't science, it's trust in your human buddy or your humanity or people in general, and they're going to have a consensus on something that is predatory that comes that comes and literally attacks you, right? And you just came out with these studies, and it seems like the whole scientific consensus is not, uh-uh, that's not what it is. It's absolutely not a, uh, you know, coming out of the Wuhan lab, right? And the first study, independent study, said, yeah, look at this. This is biohacked and engineered, and people are saying, uh-uh, that's crazy talk. You know, the good old orange man said that, so it must not be true. It must not be true that the good old coronavirus came out of and was engineered in a lab in Wuhan. Then we had the experts that were paraded around by Trump Jr. saying, I worked in the Wuhan lab and yes, it was engineered by us as a weapon. And they're, now they're just saying it's on CNN. Literally, I watched a doc or uh, interview and they're like, yeah, uh, you know, it's Trump's fault because he spread so much conspiracies. We just didn't know. And now it's just like it did come from the Wuhan lab, but it wasn't weaponized. It wasn't there for the intent purposes, which we believe to establish the terms for the great reset, the great plan, as we've been talking about the last few days to to, to institute fully automated luxury communism let's say it together fully automated luxury communism and it's a form of collectivism that's on a globalist agenda under the un agenda 21 by religious fanatics of green movement eco science reading nerds who want to push their beliefs and their religion which is a scientific consensus religion that makes them a lot of profit by the way you know, um, what was it? I just heard that uh, Bitcoin was bad for climate change. And then I started to think about it. Well, climate change got its start because the House of Rothschild funded Maurice Strong to come up with the idea. And there's whistleblowers when this idea first came out that they're going to try to control everything in the world. I mean, that's exactly what's happening, isn't it? So, of course, a top banking dynasty is going to be like, Bitcoin's bad for the environment. Yep, uh-huh, let's go ahead and just ban Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, I'm just throwing out some logical fallacies out there. But you heard it here first. We, I told you whenever a scientific consensus is predatory, like what we saw with the Monsanto GMO situation where independent studies were saying well this this will cause cancer at an alarming rate and they're like oh, get out the reynolds wrap buddy we'll make you a little tin foily and you can just plop it right on your noggin there and uh you know what i tell you what you sound like your fat challenge you're anti-science by the way let's get the hazmat suits we got to go spray this monsanto on this crop you know it's the same space suits they used for the covid back in uh china there with the submachine guns except you don't need submachine guns to farm covid yet or not covid uh gmos yet um you know so uh it's one of those things where people are like hmm 
So I need a spacesuit in order to spray GMOs on crops, but it's safe to eat, and you can drink a glass of it, and it's perfectly safe. And then, you know, they're good old lobbyists on Monsanto, of Monsanto on TV. is like, hell no, do you think I'm stupid? I ain't drinking that stuff. I'm trying to tell you that scientific consensus is not very scientific. It's a it's a general opinion. There's no scientific consensus saying two plus two equals four, and they're arguing over it. Well, maybe now with Common Core curriculum, I better be careful about that. Or E equals MC squared, right? There's no scientific consensus that's saying, well, you know, maybe it just isn't. It's because it's settled science. And when something is not settled and there is no answer, a consensus will suggest that this is the correct answer. And that's how they ban people on YouTube these days. It doesn't even mean that you are wrong because people, I can tell you, probably got banned on YouTube for saying that this uh, good old virus came from a Wuhan lab. And now it's all over the news. Oh, boy, it may have just escaped out of the lab and all of a sudden all these Hong Kong protesters disappeared. But nobody wants to talk about where did the Hong Kong protesters all go. Like now all of a sudden, the last time I heard of Hong Kong protesters was that Proud Boys was receiving a ton of money and donations from China. And guess what? They were anti-CCP people. I mean, is is anti-communism bad? Do you want a red agenda? And people are like, well, you don't understand communism. You're not quite sure how it works. I'm the guy that studies the history and can tell you the ties between Adam Weishaupt and the abolition of private property, as well as the entire history of the development of combining government education and your local medical industry in order to have mass control over you. And it's not by chance. See, it's not what your local person believes that's educated in school. It's what the elite believe and how they plan to weaponize communism. Because after a while, even though capitalism is a great thing. A lot of these capitalists push towards a communist society because there's power and money to be made after they vampirically drained our economy. And what better way under UN Agenda 21 to get people off of private properties than uh, to close down their businesses that they own in rural areas? Well, guess what? You can't afford to live off that river anymore? Surprise, we got this awesome sustainable development building that's uh, small as a sardine can, but you can live for free and we'll give you your UBI you know, income. There we go. Problem solved. Here's your UBI. Here's your little UN Agenda 21 prison. And good old, don't don't worry, we'll, we'll we'll fill up the well. We don't need well water out here, and you know what? We don't need cable TV out there. And you know, you can come to the city and enjoy the self-driving cars and the mega towns with the ultimate surveillance, which is in the news, by the way. They now are like building artificial intelligence to literally research every aspect of your life, like how you walk, your head vibrations. That was an activist post recently, and we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. But I wanted to let you know, just like I told you, just like I warned you that this came out of a lab and was weaponized and people were saying, well, you know, you're, you just don't understand. What I understand is that the media is giant liars. It's fake news. You got to think for yourself. Most of the people in the United States don't have a single original idea in their head. And I'm telling you that right now they feel like they need to be programmed. That's why Facebook has to ban things. It's because people can't think 
for themselves. You're in a prison, but you can't see the walls, and you might go to Facebook jail until Internet 2.0 comes out after they crash this Internet, and they're like, oh, don't worry, we got everything backed up on the blockchain Internet, but you got to give us your social security to go ahead and log in. And if you're not a good citizen and your social credit score is too low, we're just going to ban you. We just don't need you on the Internet because you're spreading those conspiracies. Like, uh, you know, it came from Wuhan or Wuhan lab, like the coronavirus virus or how about this one this one was also in the news today and um you know i'm sorry guys i just keep being right here and uh you know fauci funded the wuhan lab oh surprise and all of a sudden there is no coronavirus and they're jacking up uh you know their test results for people who may be getting tested after vaccinated to make it look like the vaccines actually work that was in the news too today I could just go on and on. And so we're going to start getting into some of these here before we bring in good old uh, Defango to talk about, you know, life in general and what's going on in society. So here we go as I'm blocking out my whole page. <laughs> uh, that happens sometimes. All right. Here we go. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pull this up. Uh, here it is in ZeroHedge.com. Caught red-handed, handed CDC changes test thresholds to virtually eliminate new COVID cases amongst people who've gotten the jab. Do you know what that means? This is just like when Joe Biden took office and they changed the thresholds to make it look like the virus was going down. They admitted it on the CDC and World Health Organization website. And now they're doing it so if you already got the jab and it's on your medical file, guess what? You'll probably get a different type of threshold to eliminate any controversy over people who have already gotten the vax and showing that you might have COVID again. So new policies will artificially deflate breakthrough infections in the vaccinated, while the old rules continue to inflate case numbers in the unvaccinated. Makes sense, right? Because I told you from the get-go, it's about money. See, this is a crime so big, you can't prostitute. Prostitute. I'm thinking Bill Gates. Prosecute. You know, and you know, you got Bill Gates, Dr. Blue Screen, who crashes computers, because that's his evil name, Dr. Blue Screen, because in 2001, he crashed computers in front of tech mongols, some of the leaders of the world, saying, Windows can't crash. And guess what it happened? It crashed right there on site. He has no degree and he has a pair of the biggest man boobs I've ever seen now. He's walking around, you know, the guy that's leading the health war for us is this guy with man boobs who's walking around getting prostitutes and hanging out with Epstein at his island because he wants to win a Nobel Peace Prize trying to figure out who he can blackmail. Uh, 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 you know, cause that's Bill Gates. Him and Dr. Strangeglove, Fauci, who funded the lab in Wuhan, which, you know, that's surprising. It came out. Now, all of a sudden, now, all of a sudden, here it is. Rand Paul, Dr. Fauci lied to Congress about Wuhan lab research funding. Ooh-wee. That's some hot news. And guess what? Rand Paul had some good stuff sent to his house today. Or was it to his office? Uh, what did he have? Um, let's see here. It was in the news. Uh, where did I see it? Here it is. It's in Breitbart. Rand Paul says, I'm not getting the vaccination because I already had the disease. It sends people wild, wild but it was also here. This is the one I was talking about. Rand Paul. Oh, 
I already got that up there. He had something sent to his office. We'll pull it up during break and um, we'll talk about it. But allegedly, uh, there's some unusual substance that was sent in to him and uh, it was alarming. It was alarming. And that's just it. It reminds me about good old days when uh, Ron Paul was trying to fight against the Patriot Act and they had anthrax sent Right to his office. Here you go. Rand threat. Rand Paul receives chilling threat as white powder and a pic of him with a rifle to his head sent to the senator's home. Now, I'm not going to say it was Fauci, but it sounds like it. You know, I'm just saying that there's a guy that was going to do it. It would probably either be the neighbor that he pissed off or good old Fauci. But just think if this was sent to Cortez or AOC or if this uh, threat was sent to somebody out there that uh, was on the left, oh, it would be a hate crime. Oh, it's a hate crime against the nationalists are hating on us. And now here, what is this? Is this a threat from the leftist extremists? This is okay. Almost no one's covering it. This is the UK sun. And Rand Paul tweeted, said, I take these threats immensely seriously. As a repeated target of violence, it is reprehensible that Twitter allows C-list celebrities to encourage violence against me and my family. That's right. But you can say you hope for a Nazi cleanse in Germany, not in Germany, in uh, Israel, and still maintain, you know, your good old Twitter profile. But to say that 75 million Americans are good citizens like Donald Trump gets you banned from Twitter. You see how it works. It puts the lotion on the skin and then, you know, good old uh, craziness happens. Everyone wants to have their head in the ground when it comes to genuine people. And I can tell you, Rand Paul is one of the few. No, I don't agree with everything the dude does. He's definitely not his father. Definitely not Ron Paul. However, he did the Brianna Taylor Act. As you guys know, I was covering the Kenosha protest. I was there. I got viral Rittenhouse footage. I was also in the burning down of the 3rd Precinct. And January 6th, I was at the Capitol building. So I can understand these volatile situations. And Senator Rand Paul getting mysterious package filled with white powder at his Kentucky home on Monday prompted the FBI to investigate. Well, I wonder who would be that angry at him. Think about who hates Rand Paul right now. Who hates Rand Paul a lot? Hmm. Crazy. And this is where we're going. And it's not unusual. It's not unusual for the left and right to act like gains and try to off their opponents. This is something that has happened throughout history. I think Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body, had a book on it called, what was it, Rebloodlicans and Democrats or some Democrats and Rebloodlicans talking about how they, you know, essentially eliminate eliminate their adversaries and who's to say big pharma is ruled out just think about how much money they are losing because you know the good old mask thing was fake Fauci is a joke like i don't know if anyone should believe the world health organization anymore and now we're starting to get a picture of what this was used for it was used for a large amount of you know hey this is going on over here but don't pay attention to what's going on over here with the voting rigging and you're like, well, Kristan, I don't believe the election was rigged. You think, and I'm like, hold on a minute. I want you to think about this. At one point, Bernie Sanders was in first place in the Democrat primary. We had Elizabeth Warren and Buttigieg, and then what? Fourth was good old 
good old, good old sleepy Joe Biden, right? The guy that can barely complete sentences. In a matter of 24 hours, Bernie Sanders gave all of the top three candidates, just gave all their delegates to sleepy Joe Biden. I wonder why that was. That doesn't seem like a very democratic process there. It seems like a really rigged process. And now, and now it's in the news after the Arizona controversial database that was deleted. And you're like, well, I don't get it. What does deleting a database have to do with anything? Well, if you delete the original database that has the actual voting totals and you replace them with fake and fraudulent ones that were made by AI prior to the election, and then you just take your thumb drive and you stick it in the voting machine, you upload the, the new ledger, and then you delete the old ledger, and oh, you got the fraud. Kapow. That's why Arizona was such a big deal. Now they're saying in New Hampshire, they're saying in New Hampshire, oh, that's just all wrong and miscalculated. Didn't I tell you guys, before the election even happened, I sat down with ABC TV. When they were interviewing me about the good old Kenosha uh, craziness and everything that happened there. And the reporter asked me, so what do you think is going to happen? I said, one of two things is going to happen. And they recorded this. In fact, it may have been the reason why they removed me from the video. They did not include me at all in their in their documentary. And I sat there and I looked them in the face and I said, one of two things are going to happen. Either Donald Trump wins by a landslide or there's so much fraud and so much uncertainty be, about what happened that they're going to steal the election. And then by the time they actually figure out it was stolen, it's going to be too late because the next administration would be in. That same reporter from ABC is contacting me multiple times asking me, how did you know these things? How did you see this happening? Because I followed the elections. I've done election fraud investigation in 2011 during the primary for Ron Paul. I know that there's fraud in every election. election. It doesn't, you know, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, but we may have figured out how they did it and how it was going on. And as these things come out, I'm going to tell you, I would not be surprised if it comes out, if it comes out that in fact Donald Trump won Arizona and that he won some other states and all of a sudden he probably won the election and it's going to cause a whole bunch of division because we got the wrong guy in there. And then the question is, is who, who and what party did it and is anyone going to be held accountable it's a crime so big and you don't know who to prosecute just like what was happening in the wuhan lab like the washington post is pointing here timeline how the wuhan lab leak theory suddenly became credible it was credible all along although it would have controlled your mind it may have said well if trump's right well guess what we got us we're being attacked by the chinese communists well they can't have communism look back you can't say anything bad about communism. A couple of things come up. The first thing when you say something bad about communism, somebody thinks you're anti-Semitic. And I think that people who think that there's – people believe that there's an anti-Semitic conspiracy are anti-Semitic themselves because no one ever said that. See, the communist theory, although it ties back to Adam Weishaupt, goes way back much further into the mystery schools of Babylon. And here, now, we have a – 
corporatist movement where they want to build mega cities like Toyota Town and crypto villages in New Mexico where they can control every aspect and form of government where we don't have a constitution. And it's just crazy to me what's going on. And there's so many different ways. But when we get into our guest who's Defango, will be joining us right after this commercial break coming up. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to get into cryptocurrency and maybe some ways that you can actually regain control of your finances if you've been affected by this. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about what cryptocurrency is, how did it come around, and what does it all mean. And this guy can explain it in layman's terms. He's funny. He's interesting. Hang in there. And don't forget, check out Defango.com. We'll be back after this message from our sponsors. You're listening to Chris Dante Harris and the RundownLive.com on KGRADV, Aftermath.fm. One second, two seconds, three seconds too late. Okay, nurse, let's get this man to the ER stat. Right away, doctor. We see this every day. Heart attack or angina pain due to blocked and clogged arteries. Chelation can remove obstructions or blockages from arteries and help avoid painful and expensive surgery. Now there's Angioprim. It's a liquid oral chelation product that you take with juice. You start to feel the results fast. Angioprim increases blood flow all over the body, and that means more energy and strength to take on the day with less aches and pains. Sixty years of research has gone into chelation. And Angioprim is the result, a safe and easy way to unblock your veins and arteries from buildup that slow circulation. Paging Dr. Jones, please report to the emergency room right away. Log on now to Angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com. Or to speak with a trained consultant, give Angioprim a call at 954-882-7221. That's 954-882-7221. Folks. This is very important information. What's to be said about CBD? AncientLifeOil.com Our CBD is made from hemp and has .003 THC, which means this wonderful product won't get you high. No matter what amount you take, what does CBD do for the body? My hands are tied. But you can Google CBD benefits and be astounded. When you're finished reading, you'll want to log on to AncientLifeOil.com That's AncientLifeOil.com and purchase. Life is good when you feel good. People are tired of pain. People are asking for non-GMO organic products to help them with <laughs> you fill in the blank. Legal in 49 states, and again, our CBD is made from hemp. Ancient Life Oil is about helping people one by one by one. If you wonder how good the product is, the CEO takes it every day 
without miss. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Have a great day. Every two seconds, someone needs blood. Whether it's a natural disaster or one single child suffering from illness, the American Red Cross stands ready to supply blood when it's most needed. But blood is a perishable product. Therefore, it must continuously be replenished. You can safely donate blood every 56 days. The need is constant and patients are waiting. Call your American Red Cross at 1-800-GIVE-LIFE to schedule your life-saving appointment. Please give blood today. Patients are depending on you. A birthday without her mom. An anniversary without her husband. Her wedding day without her dad. These are the days when military families feel it most of all. The loss of their soldier, their sailor, their airmen, their marine, their coast guardsmen. Families never forget their loved ones lost to war or illness or suicide. Families never forget. And neither do we. We are TAPS, the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. We provide resources, support, and comfort to heal the hearts and meet the needs of grieving military families, all at no cost to them. Your generosity can make an enormous difference in the lives of the families of our fallen military heroes. Our military families need to know they are not alone and they are not forgotten. Show them your support at TAPS.org. Hey members, the new KGRADB app is now available on iOS and Android devices. Gain on-demand access to any KGRADB programming. Download any show directly to your mobile device to listen or watch on the go. Go to the App Store and search KGRADB. Now you have the inside contact for Alternative Talk Radio. KGRATV.com. media the destroyer of fake news and your host of the rundown live Kristen t harris and we're back from break if you're listening to the rundown live rundownlive.com i'm your host Kristen t harris broadcasting live on kgradb.com aftermath.fm live hudson valley new york salt lake city utah out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin here, and we have a very fascinating guest. I've reached out to him. In fact, uh, when I first uh, found out about him, it was un- under a whole different guise of information, and I'll let him get into a lot of that. But uh, our guest today is an expert in technology in general, as well as a wizard behind the computer, uh, Defango. How are you doing? Welcome to The Rundown Live. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me here. It's been a while since I've been on a radio show, but I feel pretty good about it. That's awesome. You know, it's radio is something like everyone's doing podcasting. That's like the new way, the new form of activism. Nobody does like the old fashioned radio and even radio is changing. Like everyone's doing digital broadcasting. It's like, why even turn on your radio in your car when you got your phone and you connect via Bluetooth to listen to podcasts? 
Hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that because, like, I've been saying for a long time that people need to actually start getting to be a part of actually, like, expanding their stuff because, you know, podcasters are very, very similar to YouTubers, right? Like, they're, they're very similar to the way that people used to do radio back in the day, and I just always felt like there needs to be a conglomeration of all of it, you know? I, I, I've i looked at other shows before, and I've, like, discussed with the guys that have been doing them. I'm like, yo, you know, you do a show every night, you know, on the radio, you know, why don't you do it on YouTube too? The same show, you know? Like, expand yourself, and it's really interesting to see how much you guys have done here because, you know, you guys are on YouTube, you guys have the radio show, and you're, you're really hitting every single spot that's necessary in order to, you know, get all of your content out. And I think it's really interesting, actually. It's like something that I never tried to do myself that I probably should have. Yeah, well, Just thinking it loud. Yeah, no worries. Uh, when I when I started the Rundown Live 10 years ago, it, like the idea was, and because this is all tying into analytics, we'll get into cryptocurrency, but uh, like I was like, okay, I'm going to do the show, but in order to drive traffic to the show, I'm going to write articles. And then all the way up to like 2015, we were averaging between 2 and 4 million hits. We could post articles. Everyone would see it on Facebook. But all of a sudden, a professor decided to put together what they considered credible sources because there was a lot of what they called alternative facts out there and so they built a list around what they deemed uncredible news sites which include included the rundown live was published in the washington post it was like Infowars and natural news and a lot of the people i actually uh originally listened to that expanded my consciousness and made me ask questions when mike adams over at natural news uh said hey they're using yoga mat material and subway bread i was like uh-uh and then it sure is not yep they're using uh you know, they're using uh, yoga mat material and those good old Subway bread and force Subway to change their materials. So, like, there's a lot of, like, legitimate stuff. But at the same time, uh, they're trying to censor a whole different point of view, this independent viewpoint, because they can't control the narrative. And by they, I mean, like, major news corporations, the government, people that have interest in making money off of you. And we discussed a little bit prior before you coming on about this Wuhan lab thing, how we predicted prior about a year ago this time that it actually was coming out of the Wuhan lab because of how predatory the scientific consensus was. When they attack you and the information just comes out and it was the first study, it's like, well, where's your proof? All of a sudden, all these scientific studies came out saying, well, it didn't come out of the Wuhan lab, and now it's in the news. CNN approved. (laughs) Came out of Wuhan. Yeah, it's actually pretty insane. That's how I lost my YouTube channel actually is I was working on a uh I was working on a project called Create with uh, a governmental organization called IARPA and uh that was part of like what I was doing for the last year when the the coronavirus thing started. Uh, I was just looking through all of the data that I was getting from IARPA and basically like researching it live on my channel and uh, YouTube decided to take me down and they were, you know, very clear that it was for coronavirus disinformation, but you know, here we are a year later and everything that I was looking at, you know, the government stuff like all that stuff is now true, right? It's already been decided, but you know, it's like, where is my recourse in this whole situation? How do I get my channel back? And you know, how do I do any of this stuff? And I mean, it's just really crazy how, how much everything has gotten. 
I guess, you know, like a stranglehold on it. Like they control every single thing and to the point now where it's like YouTube listens to everything that you say and it can differentiate between the individual speaking and it can even like in small areas, it can actually like contextualize the things that you say and decide whether it's good or bad. So, I mean – yeah, before your show's even over, your whole uh, channel could be down. In fact, the Rundown Live, we lost our channel of tens of thousands of viewers uh, under uh, medical misinformation, but the video was about pyramids. And so I wrote them and I said, well, uh, you know, like, where was the medical misinformation? This was an episode about ancient Egyptian pyramids. And they sent back and they said, well, here's this laundry list. We could just find a different video to ban you for. And it's like, okay, well, now that we've been proven correct – do you, like there's no recourse for you to get your channel back, except for like now Florida. I think they have something going on there, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Florida just announced that they were supposed to – they just did a bill, right, where DeSantis put a bill or signed the bill saying that you can now sue uh, social media platforms if you are a Florida resident. might be time to move to Florida. Well, I mean, they don't have that income tax, and it seems to be a little bit more free than the rest of the world, but I'm not a big Hurricane fan, except for in Karate Kid 2. I enjoyed the Hurricane in that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. We're getting into technology here a little bit, and it's crazy when we start talking about cryptocurrency, okay? So for our listeners out there, like if they were going through second grade, uh, explain to them, what is a cryptocurrency? What is a Bitcoin? Uh, a Bitcoin is a digital unit of measure that allows you to transfer assets from one individual to another. So it's kind of like a dollar, only a digital dollar. So it's it's like it's basically what your credit card, isn't it? Except for what makes it different than, let's say, uh, the American fiat currency, which is the dollar, which really has nothing backing it. Like, let's say a Bitcoin. What makes a Bitcoin valuable? Well, the thing that makes a Bitcoin valuable is the math behind Bitcoin. That's a really hard thing for some people to understand, but, you know, there's math associated with how the Bitcoin network works. So the reasoning behind why it's actually worth something to anyone is basic, is a a basic premise of prime numbers. Prime numbers are very important in mathematics and basically all the Bitcoin network is, is a prime number generator. It generates large prime numbers that have never existed that we've known how to actually make it. Once the Bitcoin blockchain is completed, we're going to have, you know, a very large list of prime numbers that are associated. And those things can be used in all kinds of different areas. Science, uh, I mean, you know, the most simple aspect is, you know, a prime number is what they used to use to protect CDs back in the day from copyright protection and, you know, injecting the right prime number would have allowed you to do whatever you wanted with those CDs. And it's kind of the same idea with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a – it's a paradigm shift in the way that we understand money, something that's trackable and traceable. Um, I tell a lot of people that it was a test. You know, Bitcoin is a test. It was never designed to be like a global currency because the pirates that put that together, you know, were testing it out to see if it was actually the solution, a solution to a very important problem called the Byzantine generals problem. That's what Bitcoin really is. It's just a solution to a really complex math problem. But it's worth money because, you know, the answer to that problem could is actually very valuable. 
interesting. Is that like when people talk about mining, I, I think about grabbing, you know, uh, a pick and going into a cave and hammering away at the walls. But I'm assuming digital mining has some kind of correlation, but it's not physical like us actually going into a cave. Is it like matching the, the prime numbers or algorithms? What is what is mining? That's kind of a simpler way of putting it it's a basically what mining is is that there's a let's say there's a prime number each block is a prime number and every time you unlock that prime number you're giving a block of coins i think i don't even know how much it is right now it's like 2.5 bitcoins maybe or something like that but when it first started out you know you would get a chunk of bitcoins and those bitcoins were connected to the prime number that you just unlocked so when you're mining you're basically doing two functions you're processing transactions on the network so somebody sends money to somebody else Someone on the network has to confirm that transaction. It's actually a few people. And the fees associated with Bitcoin are basically paying the people that are processing the transaction. So like that's kind of like the step one of the matter. And then the step two is the actual mining of the block. So all of the computers on the network are constantly testing out numbers in what we call blocks and eventually somebody finds the key or the correct number to put into a block and when that number is found that block of number that block of coins is given to a person and that's basically the premise of mining is that you know you put your computer on the network and then your computer starts processing transactions from the network so you become kind of like a node inside the bank's network so instead of you having to go to you know Wells Fargo Chase or you know pick a bank that you might use you're all you have to do is just use the network because you're kind of like taking a middleman you're taking the middleman out of the whole equation right you know in order to use the credit card network you have to use a credit card machine you have to get the credit card from the person and the basic premise of bitcoin is that you know they're taking that same ideology but they're making it better in some ways like every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at US border patrol Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary voidware prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Bitcoin in itself and the way that it's designed is actually kind of beneficial to how like governments and such would want the monetary system to be because, you know, Bitcoin's a public ledger. Every transaction that's ever been made is on there and everybody has a copy of it. So as long as you know somebody's number, you can tell what person has been doing what. And for a lot of folks, they don't really see, you know, even in the government, I would have to say, they don't see, you know, like this is designed for them, right? 
because nowadays we see, you know, whenever they're going after criminals that use bitcoins, they can use chain analytics to figure out who that person is based on, you know, where they're sending in money, how they're pulling money out, or if they're even cashing it out using any number of exchanges. So right now, you know, like there's a interesting understanding of where Bitcoin is. It's a paradigm shift, right? But it, it's a lot more than just that, you know, but the simplicity of it is very, you know, I think you got it right. You know, it's like the credit card network. The only difference is, is there's no central authority that's controlling the network that's deciding, you know, whose money gets what, you know, and well, I think that's important to understand. I think that uh, what, one of the things that you mentioned there was a block. Is that are you referring to the blockchain? That's a ledger that records everyone's interaction. That's how it prevents fraud. Is because correct. if somebody fraudulently changes one of their blocks, it auto corrects. Correct. So there's no way for because people are asking, well, how come somebody could just like you clone a CD? How I mean, how could you not maybe just clone a Bitcoin or something like that? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, the main reason because of the the main reason Bitcoin is interesting is is the blockchain. Like digital currencies existed before Bitcoin. One of the biggest ones was called digital cash. It was something that was done by the guys from PayPal. And uh, anybody that knows anything knows that uh, whoever designed Bitcoin basically took that and kind of like doubled it up and made it a little bit better in order for it to actually be available. So uh, the blockchain is. You know, a collection of blocks. So, like, the blockchain is already created from one to the end, right? And it, they've already decided that there's going to be X amount of coins and, you know, like, that's going to be all of the blocks in this chain, so on and so forth. So, like, the blockchain itself is just every single one of these blocks connected together. And the chain aspect of it is whenever you send something to somebody else and it's been processed on the network that chain is basically saying hey you know like this is the record and you know anytime somebody makes a new transaction the first thing they're doing is going out to the chain and saying hey this person moved this from this i need you guys to confirm the mathematics behind all this so there's more than just you know you handing 20 bucks to somebody and saying have a you know have a good day you actually have a trackable monetary line for this so you can see who unlocked the first who unlocked the block the first time how they spent all of their money and then you could even go as far as seeing how all that money was spent from all the people that he paid so on and so forth and that right there is big you know like people never thought digital currency was supposed to be a big thing but you know the pirates that created bitcoin you know at least understood that it wasn't going to be the end like bitcoin was only the beginning Right. It was the test to see if the proof of concept was going to be readily available to actually operate. And then later on, you know, we saw over these people build all these other cryptocurrencies. I mean, how many are there now? Like 10,000 plus. Well, it's ridiculous. Like they have these things called ICOs, these initial coin offerings, and it's a lot of them are just scams. They're like pyramid scams from what I understand, and there's a lot of opportunity. If you don't know what you're doing, it can be dangerous to your financial setup, uh, especially if you want to put in a lot of money. It's a scam for people to get rich quick who are creating an initial coin offering because it's hot, and you need to understand uh, what is legitimate and what isn't, you know – like 
some people would say things like Dogecoin is not a legitimate cryptocurrency just because there's no real support or use for it. But yet we see the price of things like that skyrocket and some people get a little nervous. Then there's other ones like the popular three. I remember, what was it? I think about nine years ago, I wrote an article about the first Bitcoin used. It was about 20,000 Bitcoins for like a pizza or something like that. 10,000. Or is it 10,000? Yeah. Just imagine that that pizza is like the most expensive pizza that dude ever bought. But all of a sudden you had people like Will Walkie, who was a guy in Milwaukee, which is where I live, who would go around to businesses saying, hey, you can take Bitcoin. I'll set you up. And he set up businesses for Bitcoin throughout the city. I don't know what he's up to these days, but that's where I first heard about it. But I never had a real good understanding. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about this because you have a way of putting it into words where it's easily for easy for our listeners to understand. And Bitcoin is a hot topic right now. So it's a great thing. Um, the, the question I have about blockchain is it only cryptocurrency somebody can use this for? Like, no. uh, are there other, like, what are the uses for the blockchain? Cause when you think so, blockchain, you think cryptocurrency. So the guy that created uh, the blockchain, his name is Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto was an interesting individual because you know he used a pseudonym. He didn't want people to know exactly who he was. But um, I've talked about this in like a brevity that uh, a lot of the initial thoughts on <coughs> what was happening with Bitcoin actually were happening on a website called ninjavideo.net. It's a website that I actually helped admin for a long time. It was a uh, pirate website for downloading movies and television. Super illegal, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, during that time, you know, we had a big problem with money, actually. Uh, some of the people associated with the site wanted to be able to make it, and some of them were kind of interested in the future of what, you know, could possibly happen, and which is why I know about digital cash and stuff. So um, the blockchain itself was actually not designed for money. That's the a, a very interesting point that you bring up. It was actually something different before it was uh, transferred into being a digital currency. Or most importantly, it wasn't actually supposed to be a digital currency. It was supposed to be a test to see if the technology was viable. So, like, the blockchain itself can be used in a myriad of different ways. It does not need to be used for a digital currency. It could be used as a distributed database because that's what it is basically. And I mean this stuff that we're looking at, Bitcoin, Ethereum are the two examples that I use uh, a lot to kind of explain this. Is like Bitcoin was the test, right? They were the test to see if this thing would work. Some people got on it, but immediately uh, Shitoshi Nakamoto started working on something else, you know, something better. And he even said something about this to the public, where he was like, you know, Bitcoin. It was a great thing that we started off, and you know, we've learned a lot. But now we're looking at making something. Better because you know what have we discovered over the last couple of years with Bitcoin? Number one, it's slow. Number two, it's expensive. And number three, uh, it takes a lot of electricity, right? And these are all things that we never knew back in the day. Like when Bitcoin was created, the thought between Shitoshi Nakamoto and the rest of the people involved was that okay, everybody's going to be on their like laptop. And they're going to be running the miner and we're going to create this big network of people with our like laptops and desktops all across the network. And this will probably work pretty well. And you know what? It did for a really long time. But I don't think back then myself and the other people that were involved could have ever understood that, you know, people would have actually created new technology 
And we never really attributed the greed factor of humanity into the whole entire situation. And, you know, basically Bitcoin's worth a lot of money right now, but it also takes a lot of electricity to mine it. And it's specifically because like we never decided or we never saw that the network itself was going to get greedy. Right. Like we never understood that. Like we had the idea that people were going to build custom ASIC chips for mining. But back in 2008, 2009, like that wasn't even a thought. Like people postulated that it would be possible, but nobody had actually done it yet. Right. And it wasn't until like 2013 or 2014 that a company actually, you know, got into like making this. So, you know, Bitcoin's test. But at the same time, you know, like it's a test that shows you like this is a technology that is, you know, on the forefront, but it still needs like things done to it. Right. Like, you know, if you're going to beat Visa, you need to be able to process 50,000 transactions a second. Yeah. And, you know, Bitcoin can't do that. Ethereum can't do that. Hell, Cardano can't even do that. Dogecoin can barely do that. Right. (laughs) So that's one of the benefits of using a Dodge Dodgecoin. We're coming up towards commercial break here in the next couple minutes. Uh, Defango is our guest. You're listening to the Rundown Live, rundownlive.com. Make sure that you guys uh, drop your questions for them in the chat. Maybe if we can get them to stick around a little longer, we can open up the phone lines. But uh, when we come back from break, we're going to get into a little bit about NFTs. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about your opinion about this Internet 2.0. I keep hearing about how they want to have a second Internet. And my thought is that they put it on a blockchain so this way they can monitor every behavior and everything else and is everything going to be an nft we're going to get into that in the future you know uh you know if you put out an album as a band member and you worried about things being pirated an nft would be a good way to show ownership and a whole bunch more by the way uh you guys can find him at defango.com make sure you guys subscribe to pirate citizen uh i'm telling you what he's religious like me he's there every night he's on on his show, uh, putting in the effort. And go out there, if you check out his show, drop him a super chat. Support him. Like, listen, we go to the Starbucks and spend eight bucks on something that makes us dumb, and we could spend money in feeding our brain and educating yourself. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything somebody says, but the main idea is that you have the full set of data to make good decisions in your life. So make sure you guys are checking out his websites and things during the break. Share. Send a thumbs up. That's the basic form of uh, activism for you guys out there. If you guys want to get in the video chat, keep in mind you can be in the KGRA Elite Membership app uh, section and watch us live. We're currently live on Rockfin forward slash The Rundown Live. We're, we're live on video in YouTube forward slash Rundown Live. We're live on Facebook, The Rundown Live. And make sure uh, we got other platforms coming, Odyssey, which, you know, it's interesting. They got bought by Google. I thought that might have been a great, a great way out of uh, this whole thing. Because it looked like a promising platform, library coin, and all of a sudden, uh, 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 nah, uh, uh, Google needs to own the conservative base. I'll let you guys uh, think on that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. We'll be back after this messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the RundownLive.com on KGRADB.com, Aftermath.fm. Permanent industrial glue impossible to remove? Not anymore. 
Because Handyman Formula by D-Bond is a patented chemical adhesive remover. It's used in the building and home maintenance industry, but now it's available for your home use, for your DIY projects. Unglue stickers, silicone rubber, labels, price tags, flex tape, weather stripping, carpet glue, wood glue, liquid nails, even 3M5200. And it dissolves graffiti. Yeah, graffiti. Handyman Formula by D-Bond works, and it's safe to use on most surfaces. No need to call a professional. Don't get out the pliers and blowtorch. Just apply a little Handyman Formula by D-Bond, and wait 90 seconds, then quickly and easily pull the items apart. Get unstuck. Visit dbondhandymanformula.com. That's dbondhandymanformula.com, or call 561-575-4200. Handyman Formula by D-Bond. When you're in the house for longer periods of time, you can see them flying or running across the floor. Ooh, yuck. They're unhealthy, gross, and disgusting. Bugs. I loathe bugs. We keep a clean home, but occasionally bugs show up. Well, I found something that is tougher than bugs. Orange Guard. On contact, it kills hidden bugs, including ants, roaches, and fleas. Plus, Orange Guard is a residual repellent. All of the ingredients of Orange Guard are on the FDA generally recognized as safe list. Orange Guard may be used around food, humans, and pets. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Orange Guard. Available at OrangeGuard.com, Whole Foods, and Ace Hardware. Is that who I think it is? Yep, sure is. Did you hear he ditched the man cave and brought back the study? That's so sexy. (sighs) I love it when a man is educated and informed. He is so dreamy. Always reading books and investigating history. Where do you think he works out? The library. (laughs) (laughs) He is so controversial. Always talking about 9-11 being an inside job. The police state, constitutional rights, ancient history, government cover-ups, and how he thinks sports don't matter in real life. Oh, I love a free thinker who searches for truth. I love it when he feeds my brain. Mm. What's his name? Kristan T. Harris. (laughs) Tune in to The Rundown Live with Kristan T. Harris, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern on KGRADV.com. Your alternative talk radio contact. KGRADB.com. Censored by the mainstream media, the destroyer of fake news, and your host of The Rundown Live, Kristen T. Harris. 
Rundown Live, rundownlive.com. I'm your host, Chris Don T. Harris, and we're here with the man, the myth, the legend, DeFango. And if you don't know what he's known for, I'll let you guys Google that up. But right now, we're using his, uh, his genius behind cryptocurrency to educate you guys on what these things are. A lot of people out there, they're like, Bitcoin, what the hell is that? Cryptocurrency, is that like cryptozoology? Are we going to get a Bigfoot coin? Do we know what the hell that like a lot of people just they hear it in the news and they have like this money invested and they like my aunt asked me she came up to me her my uncle passed away and it wasn't from covid he had some other underlying issues and uh Basically, she's like, how should I invest? And I said, Bitcoin. It was like 10 grand at the time. And she opted on gold and silver, which I'm cool with. Like, that's a good second, in my opinion. Uh, but a lot of people are asking and wondering if it's a safe investment, if it's going away. And one thing I saw in the news that scared the bejesus out of me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that the Federal Reserve and the international bankers have now decided in order to um, stabilize the market, they need what's called a, uh, what is it, a digital, uh, was central, uh, was a digital banking central currency or CB, what is it, uh, central banking digital currency, that's what it is. Central banking digital currency that will allow them to basically, in my opinion, manipulate the market because if they can just put out their coin and print infinite amounts, well, then they could buy more Bitcoin or they could sell off the Bitcoin to control the market. So I'm a little concerned that in the near future, there may be, they're like, they're saying it's not going to decentralize the market, but I don't believe them. I just don't. I just don't think a digital banking central currency or central banking digital currency is a good thing because the whole idea of cryptocurrency is that we're taking the power back from the international banking you know, conglomerate that really controls our economy and markets. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, back in the day when this thing was getting put together, it was pirates that – wanted to do is because they were trying to fight against, you know, the digital banking empire or the banking empire, to be perfectly honest. Like, uh, the blockchain itself was like the internet. It was a very, very weak version of what the internet could possibly be. Like, it was actually more like a bookmark chain where somebody was saving bookmarks to certain things, which might be the reason why the very first block of Bitcoin actually has a news article embedded into it that's talking about, you know, the banking crisis of that really destroyed things here in the United States for a very, very long time. That was a little over 10 years ago, actually. Um, so here we are now when we're looking at Bitcoins. I don't think that Bitcoin could ever go away. Like, you know, the governments, China, America, 
they could ban Bitcoin, but essentially that's not going to stop it from actually being able to be available and utilized, which is a good thing. But every single banking corporation that's available right now wants to have their own version of a cryptocurrency. It's something that we've known is going to happen. I say it's probably going to be done by 2024 and you know we'll probably start seeing you know some type of i guess government crypto actually being put forward um there's a project right now um at the believe it's number 3 on the crypto market cap if you ever look at that that's XRP and XRP was actually designed to be the first type of government crypto that is available. I mean, a lot of people haven't really looked into it. Actually, XRP is number seven right now, but um, XRP, it was the first cryptocurrency that was created to fit the purpose of the banks, basically. Like, that's what it's for. And a lot of like regular investors have been investing into it, but you know, guys like me have always called it a scam because the dude that created it, he took 50% of it for himself at the very beginning and then all he's basically been doing is trying to get all of these banks banking systems overseas into this digital currency system by giving them something that's not exactly you know a real digital currency and that's the thing here is that we have a lot of different representations of like bitcoin litecoin you know those are probably the first two digital currencies that came out that people came out with, and then we have Ethereum, and Ethereum's probably the biggest uh, monster in the room. I, I think it's Ethereum from like Bitcoin because I, I know Litecoin had faster transactions and it was Litecoin, but I don't know if it's going to have practical uses in the near future. Uh, well, but that's just you know. But Ethereum, what what separates Ethereum from like a Bitcoin and a Litecoin? Okay, so Ethereum is different than Bitcoin and Litecoin because it, it it added a level of complexity to the network system. It's something that I always wanted to do, but the implementation of it isn't the way that it should be. So Ethereum took the idea of a digital currency like Bitcoin and it kind of turned it on its head a little bit. Vitlak, or Vitalik Buren decided that he wanted to make a system of smart contracts. So he wanted to be able to digi- make digital smart contracts for individuals to actually be able to send money from each other. But Ethereum was more designed for computer systems. So we have a lot of computers all over the internet. And what Ethereum was meant to be was like something that you installed on a server that helped you basically operate your business because your servers were part of this I guess what you would call world computer. Now, the reason I don't like Ethereum, and I've never liked Ethereum, is because it never worked. It's never worked the way that it's supposed to from since the very beginning. Like, Vitlak Bearden came out with it. He said it was amazing. A lot of people were into it. But overall, there's a reason that Ethereum has to go into Ethereum 2.0 because in the present state, it's not scalable. It doesn't operate the way that it's supposed to. And I mean, there's just a lot of issues with it. So like something like Ethereum was meant to be like the future of a digital currency, something that expanded upon the simple monetary swap idea of sending money back and forth to each other and something that actually created a computer system that could intelligently operate by basically becoming like a digital vending machine. So like a Bitcoin is the digital currency and then ethereum was designed to kind of be like a vending machine where you know you put money in you get thing out so you need something done on a server somewhere you send some money to that address 
the thing happens. And essentially it was really meant for like, you know, big business like Microsoft, uh, Google, those kinds of guys. They install that stuff on their servers and then they can start processing data utilizing the world computer as a part to, you know, their regular systems. But as I was saying, is like it doesn't really work the way that it's supposed to. I mean, it's taken a long time for Ethereum to get up to, you know, $2,000, $3,000. And even then, you know, like, is it really where is it really where the market capitalization should be? And I just have never agreed with that, you know, uh, something called NFTs. Have you heard of those? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that because – uh, my concern with NFTs is, and it's like you mentioned pirating before, like if, if people can add a blockchain to, let's say, uh, they put out an album and they want to make the album available, but it's only available on the blockchain. Obviously, when you own that and let's say you want to sell it or give it to another person, you have that ability. I like that aspect of NFTs. The, the concern is, is if I want to replicate it or put it on multiple devices or, you know, it's, I, but doesn't mean the end of piracy. If we make all videos NFTs, all movies NFTs, is the age of piracy coming to an end with blockchain? Absolutely not. No. I mean, in the current iteration of non-fungible tokens, especially based on the Ethereum network, anytime you create an NFT, it's basically just a file somewhere on the internet that anyone can download. All you need is the link or URI to get to that asset, you can download it. And this is like a thing nowadays. If you go on OpenSea or any of the other NFT websites, like you can get the thing that you're trying to buy with money for free and there's nothing that can there's nothing in the system that stops you from being able to do that so i could just like right click on the picture and download it right click on the video and download it there's no connection between that so like the nft system is only half done basically is where i'm trying to be at like like Burton allowed people to create non-fungible tokens using the ethereum system so that they can all be categorized and collated but Essentially, like, very basic things in the NFT market haven't been done yet. Like, there's no watermarks on NFTs. There's no way of unlocking an NFT or securing an NFT in a way where somebody can't just steal it. And I think the idea of an NFT is a very good idea. Like, there was a huge surge in the NFT sales, which is attributing to the where Ethereum is on the market capitalization because, I mean, people were selling NFTs for millions of dollars, right? People were selling little digital pieces of artwork for millions of dollars, and people were buying them. And that's really what I've seen as causing you know this massive spike in the Ethereum network. But here we are looking at these NFTs, and even the people that are – Looking at them and using them are starting to realize that, you know, it's not a fully fleshed out idea. Technically, what an NFT is supposed to be is a digital certificate. So, like, let's say I'm an artist and I create a painting and it says the rundown live on it or whatever and somebody wants to buy it for me online. Them buying that painting for me should be a two-step thing. Like they should pay money for it and then I should be sending them a non-fungible token that shows that they have ownership of this painting. Do you understand that? Yes. Correct. So like that's kind of how an NFT is designed to actually be like utilized. 
It's supposed to be a receipt, a digital receipt that's kept in a gigantic distributed ledger with all of the digital receipts on it. And this is beneficial for like business to business transactions between, you know, like one company interacting with another company servers. This NFT thing that we're seeing now, you know, like it's really cool that people are getting into it, using it and stuff, but it's not being used in the way that it's actually supposed to be used. But, you know, it doesn't stop people from getting in there and making big money. Right. And this is a thing that Ethereum has been dealing with since its inception. Like people have been saying it all the time. You know, you can process 16 transactions a second, 16, which is nothing. Right. 16 transactions a second. And then they're saying that when they move to Ethereum 2.0, which is instead of it being a mined currency, it's now going to be a state currency. It's going to be super different, right? Like there's not going to be all the miners that are mining on it. There's not going to be all these people that are wasting hardware on it. So the entire network on its own is going to get slower, number one. The network's going to get slower. Sure, it's going to take less power, but like overall, we need these things to be able to run at web speed, web speed, right? Like, And right now, nothing that is put on the Ethereum blockchain can do that. You know, like you can kind of like, play the games and you can go to the websites that are using, you know, Ethereum to operate, but you'll quickly realize that, you know, it's all kind of like I click a button and I wait for five to ten minutes, sometimes half an hour to get something done. And I mean, you do a show every single day, you know, like if you had to wait five minutes to just be able to post your show, would it be beneficial for you? Well, I think no. I think the faster Lapido, you know, the faster, the better. The, the quicker you can make it, uh, the the better the transaction. I know um, when I got into Library Coin, which we were talking a little bit about Odyssey and how uh, Google bought Odyssey, which it, like Odyssey and Library Coin seemed like an awesome concept. They're libertarians, and basically we saw everyone that was kind of right of the middle centric move to Odyssey. Now all of a sudden Google has bought an Odyssey, and I'm wondering how long it'll be until censorship arrives because it's interesting to me. They said, well, you know what? If you don't like our platforms, get off of them. Go to Parler. Go to Odyssey. Go to these other platforms. But when people left, they weren't very happy about it. In fact, during January 6th, during the protest, which I was covering while I was in D.C. Um, as a protest journalist, it, it, it was amazing to me to see that they blamed Parler and got them banned when Facebook had the mo- was mostly responsible for people getting together and developing some sort of plan to go to the Capitol January 6th. It seems like they want to strategically Strategically eliminate people under the guise of freedom of speech being hate speech, which they, I mean, it, they're two completely different subjects and completely different things. Like I support freedom of speech. I don't support hate speech, but I support someone's right to have that speech because I understand then I lose my speech if I don't, you know. So uh, when we start taking a look at these things, um, you know, NFTs and, uh, you know, Bitcoin, and now we have Ethereum, and then we've got all these little ones like OMG and EOS and uh, all these other platforms are just popping up. Yeah, I think it's important for people to understand that these are volatile markets, but there's a lot of opportunity to make money there, isn't there? Yeah, there's opportunity to make money there. I mean, you know, for a guy like me that was in it, in a lot of these things in the beginning, I've lost a lot of money. I've probably lost like billions, billions of dollars 
and bitcoins and shit like that just from like like forgetting passwords and stuff like that. So like I can honestly say like that there was money to be made ten years ago. You know, you could have put ten dollars in and made seventeen million dollars or something like that. You know, just talking from experience. Uh, but now we're in a different phase, right? Like it's not the same place that we were just a few years ago. Ten years ago, we weren't even close to the Gartner hype curve. But here now, today, you know, we're like at the very bottom of the curve and we're about to start going up. So the game has changed. And, you know, I try to explain that to people a lot that, you know, we're dealing with volatile markets here. You know, we're dealing with volatile currencies. I try to tell people never to buy anything lower than the top 10 on the list, right? And that's more or less just so that they can, you know, have less to worry about and less to do while trying to understand the thing that they're getting themselves into because i mean come on dude like a cryptocurrency it's kind of like a stock isn't it like the way that people trade them and use them right now they're kind of using them as stocks and you know once you give that kind of understanding to an individual it's like you gotta play these coins kind of like they're a bit like the stock market right you know you could hear about all these new great coins out there but essentially the only people that you have to get any information are guys like me you know guys like, so like Christian. and this whole thing is showing you that you know there is a chance to be made you know you could throw a hundred dollars into some what we call a shit coin and then in five years become a millionaire off of it and it's completely different than anything that anybody's ever seen before so you got to be aware that these are things that happen, but you got to understand that you're not supposed to spend more money than you have. You're not supposed to mortgage your goddamn house just so that you could, you know, get into the game <laughs> or whatever. Sell, sell, sell low and buy high. <laughs> yeah, everybody says buy low, sell high. Like all those stupid things that you hear about the stock market apply to digital currency. The only thing is they work better on digital currency. And I'm, uh, I apologize to most of the people in the crypto market, but y'all are dumb. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not being mean. I'm just being clear. He's like, y'all are sometimes kind of dumb. You know, like... But that's the reason that it works. It's because it's stupid, right? Like when people are hodling, you know, they're holding their coin or whatever. When they tell you to hold your coin, you know, like that's something that generally never happens in the stock market, right? Like they're moving those, they're moving that stock as fast as they possibly can. And when that GameStop thing happened, it was oh, like, right? I forgot. You know, we saw a bunch of people like. Bitcoiners, you know, a bunch of dumb guys, like that's what I call them, my my dummies up there, me and all the dummies out there, we all decided that we were going to take a little bit of money and go put it in the GameStop. And then we all kept doing it, but we all remembered that people are stupid and, you know, hey, if you tell somebody to do something, you know, generally they're just going to do it. So we made all those people hodl all of that stock. You know, they held all that stock, which was technically – a stupid thing to do, right? It was something that the stock market guys would have never done, but it worked for the people because of the stupidity that was applied to us. Because 
once you understand the financial game that's being played by our financial elite, then you can start doing it yourself or even more so like make some games. And I mean, you know, they call it market manipulation, but you know, honestly, we didn't do anything different than a stockbroker would have done. The yeah, only difference too. is we weren't stockbrokers. Yeah, I saw the videos and the videos made it all worth it of those uh, stockbrokers and everyone getting upset and they're swearing and people are laughing at them. But the thing is, is like these are things like I would support like GameStop. I want physical games. I enjoy still going into a video game store and buying and trading and selling uh, That's just where like I'm I going later. Yeah. That's where and then what? <laughs> yeah. And then what's the other one that was the movie theaters like that? Like. I love AMC. movies. Yeah. Why, why not? Because that's where it was at. Like, I, I'm a guy. I still enjoy going to the theater, sitting down. And I, although I hate the $10 bowl of popcorn, I still buy it. You know, like you mentioned, I'm dumb. And, you know, but the thing is, I support the things I believe in. And I, I can tell you, you're right. There's people who manipulate the market. And when people tell you to hold, like uh, recently, we had this huge drop. Like Bitcoin was up at sixty grand, went down to thirty, and just about, and the entire crypto market dived. That was when you buy, but no, everyone buys when it's at the all-time high. And as soon as things crash, everyone's like, "Oh, I'm not buying right now." And that's when you're supposed to buy. And just I mean, that's how basic the economics are behind Bitcoin. Are when you have the giant drop, yet the people on the top are waiting for everyone to sell because they're scared and worried. I mean, isn't that what happened during the whole Napoleon Empire issue when they bought up all of Europe? You know, everything got dropped to zero and somebody bought it up on pennies of the dollar and they owned all of Germany when they found out that Napoleon lost the war. It's the same idea here when, when things drop real low. That's the economics. That's when you buy. And people are like, well, what if I lose all my sa Your savings are not, no longer going to go. I can understand five years ago where people are like, well, maybe Bitcoin won't be around. Now we know it's not going anywhere. When you look at these all-time highs, like when I look at the graph, but I use Coinbase, God forbid me, um, but it'll tell you the top Stop that. was $22, like an EOS, and now it's at five. You know, there's potential for growth there. You know, the all-time high. You don't like Coinbase. No, so, I like, I actually like Coinbase. I've talked to a couple of the guys from Coinbase in the past. Like, I don't mind Coinbase. Like, I'm a digital currency guy that, like, actually, appreciates like some of the businesses that are out there now like there are things about how coinbase runs their operation that i don't like you know you don't own your private keys that's probably the only thing that i really don't like and you know maybe they don't add all of the digital currencies they kind of pick and choose which makes sense but i'm just salty that they don't have dodge but you know like for me like coinbase was an amazing tool back in 2011 you know when they were first starting out like there was no way for me to cash out bitcoin in the fiat currency and coinbase fulfilled a very very necessary necessary like function for most of us back then you know like i wouldn't have been able to pay my rent with dogecoin and bitcoin for you know upwards of 8 years if uh I wouldn't have been able to cash it out for fiat currency. And sure, I could have gone to an exchange or something like that, but I wanted something a little bit more direct. So, you know, like I see Coinbase as being like very powerful, but also kind of counterproductive in the overall understanding of how digital currency is supposed to operate. You know, like you're supposed to have your wallet. You're supposed to be in control of your wallet. And I think still a lot of people out there, what we've realized are still not exactly, uh, 
happy with themselves or they don't trust themselves enough to give themselves that much responsibility with their cash. You know, like it's kind of like a peace of mind thing that you could still go to a bank somewhere and the bank's going to protect your shit. Right. So like the same like ideology hangs out with Coinbase. I know a lot of guys that are barely getting into cryptocurrency that try to give me guff about like recommending Coinbase to people. And I'm just like, well, like, is there a better option out there? Have you seen a better option? You know, like, or they're trying to complain about the fees. They'll be like, oh, the Coinbase fees are terrible. And I'm just like, those aren't actually Coinbase's fees, folks. Those are the Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever network of whatever coin that you're trying to trade. Those are their fees. Well, so. And so, like, there's all these new coins coming up, and I think in the last half hour, depending on callers and everything here, we'll get into what you recommend or what you're thinking about investing in. Like, they have, like, like you mentioned, there's shit coin, which is a generic coin. They have, like, porn coin and pot coin and all these things out there that are just shit out there that are what sits to the wall. But now they have, like, pirate coin, you know, arr, and that, that's shooting up. Uh, I don't get the idea of a lot of these, but I, I think that some of the ideas are very interesting. Like I saw one coin that was an ICO, and basically it was a property coin. You you can't own a whole house, but basically you could purchase a, a, a coin, a digital currency, to own part of the house. So when people pay rent, you get dividends based on that rent over and over. So like me, I can't afford a whole house, but I could own you know 10% of a house, so I get 10% of that rent residually every month. And when you buy blocks or you Maybe one day you can buy and own the whole house based on what your crypto is worth. That's what the house is worth. And it was a pretty interesting concept. There's all these different uses that we have out there. Maybe you couldn't invest in property, but now you can because you can own part of a house instead of the whole dang thing, which is required of you in modern days. Uh, we'll be coming to commercial break within the next few minutes here. But I want you guys to think about this for a second. I want you guys to think about of a question that you would like to ask Defango about cryptocurrency. We can get into some other things. But we'll open the lines for you guys this last half hour. Would love to hear from you guys. First time callers, long time listeners, all welcome. The phone number here is 85KGRA Live. 85KGRA Live. And we'll put the full number in the chat. That's 855 472 5483 here at the Rundown Live, rundownlive.com, aftermath.fm, kgradb.com. Make sure. You guys are participating. And if you have any questions for the pirate citizen, the man, the myth, the legend, Defango, your very self, you can drop him in the chat. He's actually in the chat, which I appreciate. That's awesome that you're chatting in the YouTube chat. So if it, you're on a different platform, maybe you're on Facebook, maybe you're on Rockfin, um, you can check it out there. But the easiest way is to call us 85KGRA Live. And there's so many cryptocurrencies out there. Like you mentioned, there's almost 10,000 coming up. This is almost like a, a stock market. Market, like the new stock market. And uh, like I, my buddy, he invested $4,500 two or three months ago and he bought Doge at five cents. Some people had it when it was a fraction or a percentage of a, a, a point of value. People were investing $1,000 and making a ridiculous amount of money and everyone wants to know what the next Dogecoin is. And you mentioned, you mentioned that Dogecoin is a faster transaction than any other coin out there. Is that what Lightning Bitcoin is about real quick before we go to break? Yeah, kind of actually. Lightning Bitcoin is kind of about that. It was supposed to be a way of speeding up the network by holding uh, wallets and new styles of addresses, but Dogecoin like already beat that way before it ever, ever came out. You know, Dogecoin was 
created as a joke. It was supposed to be the answer to all the problems that were with Bitcoin and Litecoin. And it was designed to be kind of like digital bronze, you know, Litecoin was digital silver, Bitcoin's digital gold. Dogecoin was designed to be kind of like a penny, actually. And uh, throughout the time that it's been around, you know, we thought that it was going to be very viable for the future. But we've even discovered, like, within the Dogecoin network that, you know, there's still issues with it. Like, right now with Dogecoin, it only costs you one Dogecoin to send one Dogecoin, which right now doesn't seem too bad. It's 33 cents, right? But, you know, if Dogecoin goes to $100, it's going to cost you $100 to send it. Ooh. Get it? <laughs> you get me? So, yeah, like, so, this so, is not so, something that we thought about. We never thought that it would, we never thought that Dogecoin would be where it's at right now. Like, when it was at five cents, like, we were like, all right, this is pretty much where we figured it was going to be. So, you know, cool, cool stuff. But, you know, now that guys like Elon Musk and stuff are trying to push it to a dollar and whatnot, it really does kind of show us that, you know, like, while it is, you know, like the best version of a cryptocurrency out there, the only version of a cryptocurrency that's been mined completely, the chain has been fully mined, and it's still working, right? Like, it's the proof of concept. So it took Bitcoin's POC, proof of concept, and it did it in a shorter period of time, much faster than anybody could have ever hoped for. And this was beneficial to the people like me in the digital currency networks that were there at the beginning because now we have the questions answered. Like, we understand now what the future is going to be because we know by 2024 there's going to be a government crypto out there and you know people are going to be starting to get pushed to it so you know like i'm sitting on between a rock and a hard place right now where i have to decide whether i'm going to help make that or not well and that's just it what it what it does is artificially puts a ceiling on what doge can make because people won't want a hundred dollars a transaction so it'll never be more more than a dollar or two and if you want to actually contribute and continue to rise they need to find a way around that by the way you guys out there are listening to defango on the rundown live rundownlive.com i'm your host chris don t harris if you guys want to get into this conversation we are now opening lines after commercial break 85 kgra live first time callers long time listeners welcome aftermath.fm kgradb if you want to try a three-day free trial of kgradb go to the website and uh, sign up and you get to see this face for radio and don't forget to check out aftermath.fm late at night with clyde lewis the man the myth the legend as well as on kgradb we have jimmy church there's somebody for everyone somebody says uh you know they bought dodge at a fraction of a penny good for you that's rocking we'll be back after this message from the people that make this this show possible. Hi folks, it's trembling times and fear is pushing emotions, which in turn pushes health the wrong direction. Do you ever get an ache because life is uneasy? Try Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea works on your digestive tract, helping to move food through quicker and comfortably so your health is spot on. Life Change Tea may not help with world issues, but it will help with your digestive issues. A glass a day helps keep the intruders away. So, change your life today. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. If your health game is off, get on by ordering Life Change Tea. GetTheTea.com. And while you're on our site, look around at the great non-GMO organic supplements. And if you're a sales shopper, go to our specials page and see what's for you. 
I've been drinking the tea for 12 years, and I'm sure glad for its health benefits. Again, that's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The tea that makes you go. Folks, this is very important information. What's to be said about CBD? AncientLifeOil.com. Our CBD is made from hemp and has 0.003 THC, which means this wonderful product won't get you high. No matter what amount you take, what does CBD do for the body? My hands are tied. But you can Google CBD benefits and be astounded. When you're finished reading, you'll want to log on to AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. And purchase. Life is good when you feel good. People are tired of pain. People are asking for non-GMO organic products to help them with, <laughs> you fill in the blank. Legal in 49 states, and again, our CBD is made from hemp. Ancient Life Oil is about helping people one by one by one. If you wonder how good the product is, the CEO takes it every day without miss. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Com. Have a great day. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hey, members, the new KGRADB app is now available on iOS and Android devices. Gain on-demand access to any KGRADB programming. Download any show directly to your mobile device to listen or watch on the go. Go to the App Store and search KGRADB. We are the contact for alternative research topics. KGRADB.com. Censored by the mainstream media, the destroyer of fake news, and your host of the Rundown Live, Kriston T. Harris. 
And we're back from break. We're here with DeFango, an interesting individual, a computer czar, a, a programming wizard. He's here explaining to all us dumb people what Bitcoin is and what Ethereum is and what Doge is and what Litecoin is. I want to say we're opening the lines for you guys. If you want to ask us a question, um, feel free to call in. Don't be shy. I know everyone feels like keyboard warriors these days. They want to be behind the keyboard and uh, set, type in a message. But 85 KGRA live. There is no such thing as a dumb question because I've asked them all for you. So just make sure you guys check it out. Give us a call if you want to call in. Um, ask some questions about cryptocurrency, about the market, or even about the current state of our country because everything is going to be uh, like we have an economic fallout coming. I mean, it's undoubtable that this fiat currency and uh, quantum easing infinity and uh, you know, we got, we just had COVID and all this money being pumped into the economy. There's going to be giant inflation. And one of the ways that you may be able to save your, your wealth, other than buying property and things like that, in which Klaus Schwab says you will not own anything. You know, uh, I think that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is a great option. By the way, we already got callers on hold. So if you guys want to call in once again, 85, KGRA Live, 85 KGRA Live is the number here. And I tell you what, uh, call on in. We'll get you set up and I'll even tell you how to maybe get some free Bitcoin. I don't know. There's different ways to mine. There's different ways to do things. Uh, and we'll get into mining and how to do that maybe on a different show. It's just too much for today. Uh, but if you guys want to call in 85 KGRA Live, those numbers are 855-472-5483. And we're going to the lines. Ron from Minnesota. How are you doing? Welcome to the Rundown Live. And what's your question for our guest today, Defango? Kristan and Defango, how you doing? Glad to have you on. A great topic, great topic today, all about money. And uh, might not be any of our favorite subjects, but we don't have any. But anyway, uh, the question I have about the cryptocurrency or the digital market. Now, I, I, I have been told a long time that the stock market is phony. There's not really any real money in there. Um, it's all just numbers, you know, made-up numbers. Um, and, of course, we all get our, you know, government money, you know, from the, you know, federal money, you know, whatever, you know, like social security checks and whatever. And if you work for a living, then that's fine. You earn it with the, with the money that you earn with your job. But if you're like me, you're retired, you get government money, you know, what they call a handout. Well, I earned, I earned mine personally. But anyway, but some people call it a handout. And anyway, that, that's money that they say is real, but where does it really come from? And then with the uh, digital currency, how is that going to shift over from real money like I, I use a debit card now if i want to go to a gas station and I buy gas i have to use a debit card a lot of places don't accept cash anymore and I'm like wait a minute what's going on here why can't i use my cash you know i i got this cash to use i don't want to use the plastic card i want to use my real cash you know and now they're telling me i have to use this plastic card when i buy the gas and so it's getting kind of frustrating in a way. But now, is this digital currency, is that what we're shifting into as far as 
the ability to spend money? Is that what we're going to? I, I think that that is where we're going to. I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars and uh, Imperial credits versus uh, Republic credits, if you're a nerd, maybe. But, you know, if you've ever watched the Star Wars, uh, like, yeah. movies, there's something in there that, like, very many people don't notice. Is But, like, in Star Wars, they use digital currency. They use Imperial credits, which are kind of the same thing like everybody has something called a chain code and that's their like wallet address so that they could pay or you know like get paid in the star wars universe and we're looking at the same thing with digital currency where people are creating chain codes for folks because we're using blockchains and i mean when debit cards first came out it was a very long time before those things actually started getting into like the public sphere as being something useful and i do see the same things that you're seeing you know like i don't ever carry around cash anymore i use i do everything with my debit card or nowadays you know my cell phone has my debit cards on them and i just got to like you know tap yeah. the phone on the machine yeah, and it'll saying, yeah. work you know and that's crazy yeah. to me because like when i was I, I was i'm not that old right like i'm like 35 so 15 years ago like i was barely getting you know into the debit card situation and i was like the same as you it was like i just rather spend my cash but i think that they're pushing us towards this this is like you know a collective consciousness type deal where we know that we're moving towards a cashless society. We know that that's coming. Yeah. And some people are trying don't to push us there harder. Right. I don't think we should go to it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we should have dollars here. still. I think that we should have digital currency yeah. dollars. I think that, you well, know, you yeah. can make paper wallets for Bitcoin. You can make a dollar out of Bitcoin and, like, hand it to somebody just like a regular dollar. I think that that's yeah. where we need to go as collectively as a society to make it more understandable for people. I don't think that everybody should just go over to whatever digital currency they want. I think that if the government or you know the powers that be, whoever the heck wants to do this right, I think that they should create a digital currency that has an application to a paper currency. So like you could have a dollar or you could have your digital currency or you could use your plastic debit card, whatever. We're kind of there already. It's just that it's a paradigm shift, you know, like everybody's so used to dollars. Nobody remembers that, you know, before the banking system became the way that it is today, you know, we used a crypto banking system that was run by the Knights Templar who used mathematics and cryptology to ensure that people weren't getting scammed. And, you know, nowadays we live in a fractional reserve system that basically doesn't do that at all. Back in the day when we had banks and the Knights Templar were running banks, uh, they had everything on file, so like they weren't giving your money out at a ten percent, or they weren't keeping ten percent of your money and then loaning out the rest of it. No, they were keeping a hundred percent of your money and only allowing you to use it. So it's like oh, wow. ever since we had the big change in banking, you know, we're trying to fight against this massive thing, and you know, it's going to be very slow. You know, it's got to, it has to be done in such a way that somebody like you will understand. You know what we're trying to do because we're not only just trying to take down, you know, like the big evil banks. We're we're really trying to change the way that people operate in the world as a whole forever. Are there any cryptocurrencies that are backed in gold and silver? 
Um, I've heard of some that are backed in gold and silver. I know that there was like bit gold out there for a while, I believe. Um, to me, that's always been kind of like an interesting asset exchange, but I've never really seen anything that's like actually directly associated to it. But as far as I know, the last thing I think it was called bit gold, which was connected to gold, that thing shut down. Like it's no longer tracked on the markets. Basically, like not enough people were into it for it to become a thing, and that's like a main. That's the main thing that happens on the crypto networks in total. You know, like well, people keep making new ones, and some of the old ones are just disappearing. You know, because nobody's thank getting into them. Thank you for your show. Thank you for your show. Thank you, Chris, on a great show today. And as always, uh, I'm always happy to call in and with with my questions and comments. And uh, you always. Are so gracious to have a phone line open. Thank you very much. No problem, Ron. And I know that there's a lot of people out there. Like we neglect uh, the wise people of our life lifetimes. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are in their retirement years, and they're like I said, they're literally considering this as a way to be able to make more money, like putting in a check, and it's volatile. Like you could put in. $4,500 $4,500 today and it could be worth $1,600 tomorrow. But if you don't pull out at $1,600, it could be worth, you know, $2,500 in a couple weeks and you'll have to sit on it for six months. You never know. The thing is, is it's a volatile market and you just don't know, but it, it never invest more than you're willing to lose. I think that's important. By the way, Isaac, uh, you mentioned, um, uh, you're from Wisconsin, proud. I'm from Milwaukee. Nice to meet you. We also have another caller on the line. We're going to get to, um, the, Hey, the man behind the genius zone, Glenn Zarmanov. Welcome to the Rundown Live. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. I just had to call in because it's a really interesting topic, and uh, I'm getting into it myself, actually. I'll be uh, covering a whole show on my program, The Genius Zone, about cryptocurrencies, and it's a really timely subject. So thank you again for having your guest on and, and doing your show. My question is very simple. There's a lot of uh, buzz, obviously, in the media right now about this subject with the whole uh, price crash and everything in the markets. What do you say to those people like the uh, CNBC commentators who are saying things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general will go to zero? And um, the other question as a follow-up maybe, what about this notion um, that some have put forward like billionaire Dan Pena, it's on YouTube, you can check it out. He says that Bitcoin is a Russian conspiracy, and if you knew who was really behind it, you would sell it as fast as possible. Okay, well, the answer to the first question is Bitcoin will never go to zero, and there's two reasons, actually, why. Reason number one is because uh, Shitoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, has over a million of them that he's mined. Uh, throughout his time and the million bitcoins that he has uh, have never moved so uh, he would have to have he, if somebody were to sell off all of the bitcoin in existence meaning every single person on the network sold out of their bitcoin uh, the network itself still wouldn't go down to zero because of all the bitcoins that the guy that actually created is still holding it so basically the price is uh, stopped like the price could go down, but it can never go to zero because if it did, the whole entire crypto market would go to zero. And, you know, we're talking trillions of dollars now that would just have to disappear overnight. And with the amount of money in fiat that has been pushed into 
the all of these cryptocurrencies really over 10,000 of them now it would be really difficult for any banking monetary system to try to retransfer or retransmit the money from the chain back into the fiat coffers so it's one of those things that like no digital currency can go to zero unless it's shut down and bitcoin can't be shut down because the creator of bitcoin is nowhere to be found and he's the only person with the ability to even try to do that but even at this point he would still have to get 51 percent of the network to agree to do that thing which is something that you got to really really like think about is that digital currency is designed so that it can't go to zero like that's part of the essential theory behind it is the fact that you know like back in the day in 2009 when my bitcoins, you know, when I could buy a thousand bitcoins for ten dollars, like it's no different than it was back then than it is now. It's just the collective consciousness of individuals pushing their money into it, realizing that, you know, hey, this is the only way for me to get away from the banks. And then the second question, uh, can you repeat that for me? Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for your, your explanation, by the way. Um, yeah, the second question was, it's this notion that overall uh, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin in particular is a conspiracy by hackers, ru- the Russian government, insert, you know, whatever, blame the Jews. Um, I mean, I'm a proponent myself of cryptocurrency, and I typed it into the chat. My question essentially is, With Satoshi Nakamoto's identity remaining a secret, as it should be, so they can't attack him, uh, isn't that going to create an overall bad image of cryptocurrency? Won't that just encourage more so-called conspiracy theories? Well, that's what we think. I think that when Satoshi Nakamoto originally came out and did his thing, um, it was – an area that nobody had really tried to do anything with it, and that person always wanted to stay synonymous because uh, Bitcoin was never supposed to be like the main thing. Bitcoin was a test for the future to see if the technology would be viable, although you know, throughout time we've realized that there was better ways of testing the same technology that was faster. Um, I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories about Satoshi Nakamoto being Russian. He's not. He's not um i've actually said the name before james belial khalid khan is uh one of the individuals associated with the identity known as shitoshi nakamoto it's actually like a group of people i've talked about this in like small signs or small times before but you know bitcoin is a pirate creation that was created by pirates like internet pirates like people downloading and uploading movies that sort of things as a as a way for them to basically Get, keep their ill-gotten gains. So, you know, essentially, Bitcoin in itself, a lot of people try to say that it's, like, connected to the Russians. There's no evidence that he could ever even show that to you to the point where, you know, like, none of the code has ever even touched any, like, Russian hands. I mean, Ethereum, hell yeah, 
that one that might <laughs> might be a little closer to that or whatever. But like Bitcoin itself, no, no. Like there's a lot of conspiracies behind it, and I think the conspiracies help it out. But I think uh, when the chain is finally finished mined out, you know, sometime in 2025 or 2028, I think that we'll all understand and we'll find out who Shitoshi Yakamoto really is. And, you know, I think the plan is that he's going to move, you know, some of the coins that he has and then basically announce who it is. But there's a secret I don't think anybody's ever really found out is that, you know, you can keep things on the blockchain hidden inside of something called the Coinbase. And uh, there's a lot of hidden data within the blockchain network or within the Bitcoin network specifically, like messages from Shitoshi Nakamoto, uh, the story as to why he did this and, you know, even in who his real identity is. Yet I don't think very many people have like actually discovered this stuff. But, you know, like you can't go and look to see that there is a little bit of evidence out there that shows, you know. The person who's behind it isn't really hiding. It's just that nobody's done the stupid thing that's required in order for them to figure it out exactly who it is. And I think it's maybe some people have figured it out, but then they've decided that, you know what, they don't want that person to be it because it scares them too much. Yeah, it might uh, drive down the market. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It might drive down the market. and That would be bad, but – the thing is, the market has gone up and down like this before, you know, like we've seen this happen over and over and over again with uh, Bitcoin itself. And, you know, this last big jump is really no different than what we were seeing just a few years ago. It's just a bigger jump, right? It's the jumps just keep getting bigger. And it always has to do with institutional investors. Like we know that banks and such are starting to invest their assets into Bitcoin and they're pumping and dumping and playing around with it because there's no regulation. You know, they can do whatever they want in that space. All they have to do is create a feeder company to their main company. They just have to start a new business, a smaller business that's under their umbrella and then they can manipulate this stuff all that they want to their heart's content. But that's part of the trap, you see, because Bitcoin's a trap, my friend. It's not a trap for you and me, though. It's not a trap for the people. It's a trap for the banks. And I don't think people really see that. But eventually, I think that they will. Can can I just add something, though? Yeah, go ahead, Glenn. Go ahead and add whatever you want. Ask a question. Feel free. I mean, uh, it is sort of a trap. I mean, I'm learning a little bit more about it now. I fumbled around with uh, crypto uh, when it was still in its infancy around 2012, 2013, when people were more afraid of the technology and really didn't understand it as much. Uh, I'm still fascinated by it, and I understand it a lot better now in 2021. Um, But there's a lot of what they call these so-called shit coins uh, that are constantly being developed. And uh, I was just poking around on YouTube, and it's actually remarkably easy with the new technology available to make your own SHIT coin, you know, your scam coin, and uh, just built people for money to pump and dump. Um, So there are a lot of scams out there emerging, and people should be aware of that, but that's not a reason to avoid crypto entirely. I'll just finish with this thought. I mean, their refrain, I mean, I guess, I I agree with your guest uh, in principle, fundamentally. Their refrain is that, oh, you shouldn't use Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies because it could be used for illegal transactions. Well, guess what? That's the whole reason we invented cryptocurrency, because the dollar, the U.S. dollar in particular, and all these other fiat currencies are the greatest 
uh, use for uh, illegal and criminal activity. So that's why there's this breakaway system, kind of like the same way the elite are building their breakaway civilization. You got these programmers and young uh, young people, these hackers, computer science data people, building their breakaway civilization with the blockchain. And I think it's incredible. It's it's really fascinating. Great yeah, they're guess. trying to build. Did you hear about this? I think it's actually where where you're at. Uh, well, no, close to where you live, Defango. But we'll just say uh, New Mexico. They're looking at making a crypto city uh, where they have their own police, their own laws, and the business basically will run. The corporation of cryptocurrency will run the city, and everything will be based on blockchain in that mega city, smart grid, smart you know technology, drones, self-driving cars. They'll know what kind of beer you want when you walk, well, come into the bar because they'll, they'll know how much water you use, whether or not you can have a beer because you're diabetic or not, if it's good for you, all that crazy stuff. Social credit scores, all that stuff's coming along the ways and may at one point be an asset on the blockchain. So there are some concerns. I get it, Glenn. And yes, there's a lot of crappy coins out there. And you know, I tell you what, you got to do your own research. And like you mentioned, Defango made a really great point. If it's not in the top 10 of the chart, it's probably not a good investment without doing an intense amount of research. And if you're willing to take a gamble, make sure it's money you're not afraid to lose. Because I can tell you what, if you would have invested $1,000 in Doge, uh, Doge last year, You'd be a millionaire, I think. It like went up 5,000% or something crazy like that. You'd have an incredible amount of money, and there's going to be more. It's not the, Doge is not the end. Bitcoin doesn't stop at 60K. Some people, uh, I mean, I'm going to let you go with this real quick. We got about six minutes here, seven minutes left to end the show. Uh, but where do you think, uh, Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin, the price of, uh, Litecoin and you, you know, some of these other Ethereum based coins could go like Chainlink. We got all these other interesting coins popping up. Well, this is probably going to be the only time that I piss people off, but Bitcoin itself, I do see that it's going to be, sh- it's going to be, uh, low. Until probably about December of this year, I think that we'll probably see it surge back up to 60, 70, maybe hit a new high towards December of this year. Just based on, you know, like the historical data of what we've seen in past areas, you know, like after we have a huge drop like this where, you know, somebody takes out 200, 300 billion dollars out of the market capitalization because that's really why Bitcoin is down is because, you know, like 300 billion dollars were taken out of the market capitalization. And when you equate that to, you know, where we are price-wise, that's like $25,000 of market capitalization that somebody just yanked out of it. And what we see always is that every currency is tied to Bitcoin even Ethereum, although Ethereum starting to break away because now we have all these like Ethereum-based coins that are on the market. So like the price point that we're seeing Ethereum at, the $2,500, is wholly and fully mostly being propped up by most of the like Ethereum-based coins that are on the market today. Uh-huh. And, you know mm-hmm. – The ones that are on the Ethereum market but aren't Ethereum but they support the network. Yeah, they, they use the network. So like uh, something like uh, Uniswap or something like Cardano, something like Chainlink, something that is utilizing the Ethereum network itself. And, you know, you got to remember Ethereum, Vitlek Burton is a freaking supervillain. 
he's like the most evil person in the entire world. Nobody believes me or whatever, but it's because I see that Ethereum was never designed to be a system that was viable. I always have seen it as being designed as a system that sounds really good on paper, but is ultimately just a money grab. And like back in the day when Ethereum and Ethereum Classic split, the first time a digital currency ever split into two, it was because the people that were part of the Classic Network didn't want to have anything to do with uh, what Vitlak Burton was doing. Because remember, you know, blockchains are supposed to be immutable. Once the money is sent, that's it. You know, there's no takebacks or whatever. But Ethereum a few years ago decided to throw that idea on its head and basically gave a bunch of people back their money after it was stolen from a hack called the DAO. Like a lot of people don't remember this, but like when that went down, like Ethereum basically went against the entirety of all cryptocurrencies, the understanding of what was supposed to happen. And like people don't remember it, but they should because it's about to happen again. Ethereum is about to go into Ethereum 2.0. And it's supposed to be them fixing the major issues that they have with the network. And, you know, the thing here is, though, is uh, is it really going to do that? So, you know, think about it when you're the, – the one thing I tell people to do is really watch out with Ethereum because it might be getting some bumps right now. When they move it to the new version, it's going to take a massive hit, and yeah. I don't think it's ever going to come back. Hey, Glenn, plug your stuff real quick. We still have you online here. All right, we don't have Glenn. All right, all right, that's all right. Um, yeah, okay, that's awesome, Dafango. Thank you. You've been a wonderful guest today. Make sure you plug your stuff. Let our listeners know uh, where they can find more out about you and when your show is live. And I encourage everyone to check it out. It, it's definitely a chill show. It's a lot of fun, and I do tune in occasionally to see what kind of wild stuff you're going to go over because you cover a lot of the same stuff I do. And sometimes you find a lot of articles I miss, and I'm looking for news, and I'm like, oh, I'm like I should. Should have talked about that, you know, like the Florida incident, which they're allowing people to sue, you know, because we saw the digital assassination of the virtual person we know as Donald Trump. That's a fact. Like he was digitally assassinated because it was more effective. We didn't even get into that today, but go ahead and plug your stuff. Well, you know, you guys can check me out, defango.com, D-E-F-A-N-G-O. Um, I'm still on YouTube, uh, incognito at Pirate Citizen. You can also find me on Twitch at Merlin Defango or on DLive at Defango. I usually do shows nightly at about 8 p.m., and I kind of just cover, you know, the news of the day that I think is important. And I also spend some time, you know, just answering questions and doing some pretty interesting stuff. Um, I'm kind of a different kind of guy out there, and, you know, my personality is a little bit weird, but, you know, ultimately I'm just here to co-create and enjoy with all the other folks that are out there. Yeah, I think we need to start a conspiracy coin, and then we invest in fake things we think are fake news, and then it creates value. I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, if you're out there and you're listening, go check out Defango, defango.com. Send them some super chats on this show. Make sure you support KGRADB and Aftermath.fm. Subscribe over there. Check that out. Make sure you're tuning in and supporting the people that are out here daily, because without us, you ain't going to get that real news. You're going to have reinforced propaganda 
propaganda, the fact checkers that let you down time and time and time again. So don't forget, if you guys want to sign up for cryptocurrency, go to the rundownlive.store, click on the Coinbase link, and if you sign up with Coinbase through the rundownlive.store and deposit $100, they will donate $10 in Bitcoin to the rundownlive.com. And that's just a cheap way for you to get involved, to get us some free money without even having to spend a dime of your own. It's not even your own money. So why not do it? So go there, and if you want to learn, you can. Tune in to Defango. He gets in the chat. He'll communicate with you guys and a whole bunch more. Make sure, make sure that you guys are checking out the rest of our shows this week. Tomorrow we have Joel Valenzuela from Digital Cash Network. It should be interesting. Thursday is Kingsley Edwards trying to create a crypto blockchain-based float social media network. And then Robert Stanley will be talking about uh, the Sumerian ancient history as well as maybe we'll get into a little bit of all the UFO talk when we have them on. By the way, don't forget, guys, look in the mirror. Remind yourself that you love yourself. Forgive yourself for not making the goals that you set. Set new goals and do me a favor. Do something wonderful for somebody you haven't met or that you're going to bump in today or to or somebody you haven't talked to in years or months. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's buying somebody a burger that's behind you in the line at McDonald's. God forbid you go there. You guys have a blessed day. Have a good day. We'll see you guys tomorrow at the same time, same channel, aftermath.fm, kgradv.com. Have a great day.